With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't mind us asking. Cause we got no. How can we stop it when you have none? So just remember the kids are back. The kids are back. Ladies and gentlemen, lock the doors, put the children to bed, and throw away the remote, because this is the Chargers Brawl podcast. The return, the resurgence, the second coming. For my Iron Man fans out there, this is what we like to call the Mark II version of the show. Jake Hefner and Dan Wolkenstein here with you from the Brawl Network. Dan, my friend, it is so good to be back. How are you, sir? Woo, I got chills. That was the first time I got to hear your voice on the new podcast, Mark 2.0. I am feeling wonderful. Uh, Boy, does this feel good. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, Just revamped, recharged, ready to go. You know, we we had to go through a few technical twists and turns and hurdles and whatnot, but we're back on the, the straight and narrow. We're back, and I can't be happier than I am right now. I would have to agree 100%. Um, I had some vacation time, spent with my wife this weekend, back to work, uh, got to see some family and some friends, um, and here we are with uh, a new episode today. This is going to be good. This is going to be great. I'm excited. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Let's just hit the ground running with it. You know, pandemic or not, preseason or no, whenever I hear the Hard Knocks theme music, I just know that football is back. It, it, nothing else matters. You just know it's the beginning of August. The Hard Knocks theme kicks in, and you know that football is right around the corner. And couldn't be a better time to have it, especially just given all the things that have happened in the NFL over the last several months. And then, of course, we have the announcements with the NCAA recently as far as college football goes that's now in turmoil. But this just gave me a level head, even if it was for just an hour about the upcoming football season. And of course, we're not featuring just one, but two teams with the Chargers and the Rams this year. So it was a very different type of approach. And of course, I'm going to ask you, Dan, about your takeaways from it here. But 
much different approach than what we would have gotten on a normal season of the show. Uh, because a majority, especially of episode one, was just dealing with and seeing how the players and the coaches were adjusting in a world and a training camp amidst a pandemic and amidst COVID-19 and how everybody is adapting to all the changes that are going on. So it wasn't the usual put the pads on and hit somebody. It was more, you know, safety first type of an approach. Um, But I can tell you this, two of my biggest takeaways was uh, one, I I think just as we could probably tell from what we've seen from both the Chargers and the Rams, how disciplined Anthony Lynn and Sean McVay are taking their approaches to how serious this is. And you'd hope that the rest of the other 30 teams are taking the exact same approach. But, you know, it's a big responsibility. And from their coaching standpoint, how to adapt to the Zoom meetings and all the different type of approaches as far as how to create and get everybody to adapt to a playbook that essentially is is fresh amidst this type of a crisis and amidst these conditions. Um, so I, I think especially from Anthony Lynn's standpoint, what he was featured on last night, even his his bomb drop of the fact that he had COVID-19 at a certain point, we don't know when specifically, but he had it and he admitted it to it. And obviously you saw the shock and awe and reaction of the players when he said that. So um, I think just his approach as far as just discipline, his discipline and making sure that the players are disciplined and making sure his biggest thing to me that he said, just as far as, you know, I can't guarantee that you're not going to get this, but I, what I want to do is have every opportunity to limit you guys getting this and staying safe. So obviously safe is, is the name of the game in, in this case, but you know, the chargers are, what was it? It was one of three, one of three teams in the national football league that didn't have anybody opt out. And so far there has been no positive COVID cases between them uh, or on the team at all that I've heard. Knock on wood, knock on, knock on wood. If you're with me, man. Um, so so far, so good as as far as the start goes. And, you know, I know we've got uh, the pads went on today in practice. So things are progressing. And obviously, we're probably going to see most of it in the show. But um, just Anthony Lynn's approach as a coach and as a leader in such a different, uh, you know, under under such different circumstances for the season. That's really what stood out to me. Go ahead. I don't, I don't want to take too much more of, uh, of the time here. I want to let you go, Dan. Go, go for it. What was your biggest takeaway? Um, biggest takeaway I would say from the Chargers perspective was, um, I think you got to see a lot of why Anthony Lynn is so well respected and highly regarded in the NFL. Uh, he gets some flack from fans and folks that are saying that he doesn't know how to, you know, it's not the X's nose, not the Sean McVay or whatever. Um, he is a leader of men and the way that he commands a zoom meeting, <laughs> I mean, those things are hard <laughs> enough, for just one person, but commanding a zoom meeting is hard to do. And, uh, the way that he leads by example, uh, the respect that he demands and the camaraderie that that team has, um, you know, we're probably a little biased here, but this team is just like gushing with, um, you know, camaraderie. They got a bit of a swag going um, and there's just personality, you know, that you call it um, whether it's swag, whether you call it uh, confidence, you name it. Like this team has it. And, uh, you know, seeing, Seeing it start from the top with Anthony Lynn, seeing some of the you know the heated moments between him and Andrew Voller before he got released and before uh, you, know, you got to see a little bit of 
Our quarterbacks, you got to see a little bit of Justin Herbert slinging balls into nets, which was fun. Um, mm-hmm. Then you got to see you know, some of our favorite players, was Derwin James, the the you know intimate moment with um, Joey Bosa and like his dad. I think just that brought tears, and you know that struck a chord with me because you know how much life is about just making your parents proud. Um, so, I mean, I was sitting there watching on the edge of my seat the whole time, but. To your point, like they're still not hitting anything, and uh, you know I know they're so happy to get into it, but they still haven't played football yet, and so mm-hmm. you can imagine we're excited to see football. Imagine these football players, but that's their entire life, and they have yet to hit anyone or put pads on. So um, as anxious as we all are for hard knocks, I can imagine how excited this team is to just start getting ready to actually play some football. And man, was it refreshing to just have an hour of chargers on hard knocks i mean yes, yes we were splitting with the rams but it was what like 20 minutes i feel like the chargers stole that show 100 percent um and it was good it was nice to see you know the different perspectives of how the two teams interact how they go through it but you know you hear a lot of people talking about how COVID is so important and the way that you mitigate it and it's true and you hear a lot around the nfl that the chargers are one of the best if not the best with how they are handling COVID and their precautions. So well done episode, well done team. Um, and boy, was it good to see Anthony Lynn shine because I've liked him from the beginning and it's good to see him get some praise. 100%, 100%. Well, we're going to come back to the hard knocks topic here again very soon because we have a very special guest joining the show and that is former ESPN columnist for the Chargers and now current Rams reporter for Sports Illustrated, Eric Williams, will be joining the show, and he'll have a fresh perspective given that he is one of the unique individuals as far as, um, from his point of view, having interactions with both teams during training camp. So can't wait to talk with him um, and and get his perspective not only on the show, uh, but the players as well, and as far as uh, obviously how everybody's coping with uh, these new circumstances amidst training camp. So, um, well, yeah, I, I, I'm excited to talk to Eric. He's going to have some interesting tidbits just because, like, there was like that whole Jalen Ramsey piece was ooh, fascinating. He, and, and he was on Jared. that call. He was on that call. So, uh, oh, it, I don't know if you, I don't know if you happen to catch it when 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 the Zoom meeting was up. So he was on that call. So I'm. Obviously, we we won't ask him about uh, Derwin J- or uh, Jalen Ramsey's contract scenario because that's already been <laughs> we learned from their mistakes. Uh, yes. that, yeah, that's already been asked a number of times, so we'll stay away from that topic. But <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. All right, let's, we're uh, we're gonna have some fun with Eric. That's gonna be awesome. Absolutely, absolutely. So before we get to Eric. Um, you know, Derwin James had a nice uh, a number of different comments to say to, uh, today that he spoke publicly about that I actually thought reflected a lot off of what we saw from the show last night. And namely, again, echoing the whole Anthony Lynn piece, Derwin just really was talking about how it was it was more in, in so many words, just how he couldn't believe that it, uh, it was more just a realization that Anthony Lynn is his coach, but just um you know, he 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 really let out his feelings about Anthony Lynn, just talking about how great he was, um, and his his leadership, and just uh, I think just his approach that he's taken with the team. Because again, you know, him coming out and saying that he had COVID for whether it's him or anybody, any of us in general, not even NFL players, just to admit to somebody that you had it, whether we're talking about it's something severe or not, you know, the, the cases are all over the place, but you know. 
people are going to react to that in a different type of way. And so him telling the team members that he, or the players that he had it, you know, it's it's an admittance to him, but it's also the attributes of a leader because you're you're making them understand that it is real and you have to be safe about it. But he's obviously recovered off of it. And it's something that, you know, you just take his experience and you learn from it. And um, I, again, I, I can't say enough about just in one episode how you really just see the, the every piece of safety that the Chargers are going about. And whether whether it's with the, the Zoom meetings, even, even the whole social justice issues, uh, all those were just attributes that really spoke out to me. So Derwin really talked about that. And he just said, you know, quote, damn, that's really my quote, my coach. Um, so he really had a lot to say about Anthony Lynn. And I think that, uh, I think a lot of the, I mean, obviously the players would agree. Um, but kind of how you said, Dan, that, you know, Anthony Lynn gets, gets a little bit of a bad rap. Um, I think in a much different type of fashion as that term goes with players coach, I think Anthony Lynn's rewritten that a little bit to where Mm -hmm. you can be a player's coach, but you can also be that hard-nosed disciplinarian when you need it. And when you can mesh those two together the right way, you've got something special. Oh, 100%. And when you can steal your, arguably one of your top two players on your team, when you can steal their glasses and they don't even ask you for another pair, which he did to Derwin James, uh, and (laughs) not even flinch. Oh, yeah. You know that you're you're doing okay with your team. (laughs) And Derwin even said that he doesn't want him back. So (laughs) Anthony just got himself a free pair of glasses. Yeah, Derwin is sponsored by Oakley, so I'm pretty sure he can get a billion of them. But uh, yes, that was that was funny. Where he, I think Anthony Lynn knew that he was not going to be giving those back. So uh, good on him. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, now another comment that he was talking about was with the addition of Chris Harris. We have talked about the addition of Chris Harris at nauseum on this show in the past, and how valuable a piece he is going to be to this defense. And in short, Derwin basically said having Chris Harris on this team is going to give Derwin the ability to, quote unquote, roam all over the field more than he would have been able to in the past. Your thoughts on that? Yes, Um, I (laughs) I still am a little bit shocked that we have Chris Harris on the Chargers like he has been a thorn in our sides for so long. And he has just given us fits. And, you know, he's one of those guys. He's kind of like the Draymond Green, right? Everyone hates him when they're not on his team. But if you're on his team, man, you love what he brings to your team. And now that we have him, what that's going to do for the secondary, I mean, the fact that he can then lock down someone and allow Derwin James some more space to roam, that's where he flourishes. You see Derwin James, rarely is he just sitting up top waiting. Um, He loves to be in the box, around the line of scrimmage, uh, wreaking havoc. With Chris Harris, that's much more feasible. And having both Chris Harris and Casey Hayward as those two corners in front of you as a safety, that gives you so much more uh, of a relief. And that gives you so much more opportunity to move upfield and to not be as reactive. And we all know, we saw in his rookie season, Derwin James flourishes when he attacks. And when you have talent in front of you, that's exactly what you can do as a safety. So... When I saw that, I was just, it was music to my ears, and uh, I cannot wait to see this secondary. It's going to be so much fun. 
one last comment that Derwin made that's going to be music to both yours and my ears is Derwin had a lot of good things to say about second-year player Nasir Adderley, former second-round pick, was projected to be the, the starting free safety across from Derwin James last year after he was selected. Of course, that didn't happen for a multitude of reasons. First, Derwin James went down in training camp. Nasir Adderley, unfortunately for him, after the fourth preseason game, was never really able to see the field, and he got shut down very early. So essentially, he had a redshirt year last year. But Derwin went on to say that Nasir Adderley is poised to have a breakout year. And he said that he's looking, uh, he's finally healthy and explosive. And you talk about another addition to the secondary, along with Chris Harris. And there's been a debate that's actually, you know, kind of flown around that, that people have been talking about. And, I, and you know, rightfully so for the, the job that Rayshon Jenkins did last year, um, stepping up. In that, in that free safety spot, given all the injuries that happened, you know, he, he's earned that spot. And whether you whether you agree with it or not, or whether you're one of these people that wants to pound the table for Nasir Adderley, that should be the starter no matter what, is, is irrelevant. Because I think that that's how the depth chart's going to look when, you know, we, we start getting a good look at it here. Um, and honestly, I think that Rayshon Jenkins will be the starter come at the beginning of this season. So it is essentially his job to lose. However... I have been looking forward to Nasir Adderley playing starting snaps alongside Derwin James going on, what is this, for over a year now. We should have gotten it last year. It didn't happen. I hope that we see it very early on this year. Daniel Jeremiah has spoken about it heavily in the past that he said that Nasir Adderley was the perfect, perfect safety to pair alongside Derwin James as a free safety and strong safety tandem. So. You hear these stuff from Derwin, and everything looks like it's pointing the right direction. And uh, both Dan and myself have obviously been on on the hype train of Nasir Adderley for some time now. Um, so, Dan, I leave the floor to you. What do you take away from those comments? Um, I would agree with you. I think it's Rayshon Jenkins' job to lose. I think Anthony Lynn has... Uh, you know, a little bit of a man crush on him, and he thinks he's going to be one of the top safeties in the league this year. That being said, it's hard to keep talent like Nazir Adderley off the field when he's healthy. And when you have your arguably second best or best defensive player on your team and Derwin James telling the media that he could have a breakout season, you don't say breakout seasons for the bench players. Breakout seasons are for the guys who have talent. And for your most talented players to see that in others, that's a big deal. Uh, for those who have not seen it or have seen the highlights of Nazir Adderley, you got to go watch it because this guy, I would say, I've said it for months now, I would take him over any safety in this year's draft class. I would take him over all of them. And we get to add him to this team along with Justin Herbert and Kenneth Murray. Nazir Adderley is like a ball hawk. He is perfect complement for Derwin James. He's kind of like that Earl Thomas scheme where he can just light you up he's a ball hawk he's always around uh the play and he will finish and he is another alpha i can't it's insane to me how many alphas we have on this team and uh you know to your point sky's the limit it's gonna be uh i can't wait to see not only the rest of hard knocks but just how this whole story of Nadir adderley and what he's able to bring to the team in 2020 because 
boy, does he have so much potential. And uh, yeah, we are on that hype train, first class tickets, uh, <laughs> full steam ahead. <laughs> See, this is the interesting part about not having a preseason. And now you're featuring two teams on hard knocks is that, you know, I, I feel that amidst all of this, when you start talking about the secondary and what it's going to look like in the big name players, obviously you start with Casey Hayward, Chris Harris, the return of Derwin James. Um, I feel like Nasir's kind of just been a, a little bit forgotten in the shuffle of things. And I hope that they're number one, that he does perform well in camp, especially when the pads come on. But especially for the fact that we do not have a preseason now, I hope that we can eat, we can get a chance to see some glimpses of this because there's obviously you have to, you have to put your time or the show is going to be edited depending on the content and you're, and you're juggling the content of, of two teams now. So, um, you know, aside from the Twitter sphere and what we read in the media, it may be the only thing that we get to, to see or hear about more likely about Nasir Adderley, hopefully, hopefully performing, performing well during camp before the kickoff of the season. So I would love to see it in person. It, it it did make me feel a little dull when it when it came to that point in the middle point of the show where it was talking about, you know, the linchpin of all the, the safety agreements that there's no preseason this year. And, you know, training camp is virtually unrecognizable. It just it did. It did irk me a little bit to the, to hear that again. Uh, you know, I was uh, far be it for me, but I, I'm one of the people that like the preseason and, and especially for the undrafted guys seeing them compete during this time. But, um, you know, we'll see what what uh, what Nasir can do. It was just refreshing to to see Derwin talk about him in such high praise and, of course, talk about that he's healthy. He's explosive now. He's looking good. And hopefully that translates early on in the season to where, as you said, Dan, you put a guy on the field like that because he has the talent to to do well in that spot. And do you question for you? Do you do you think let's say over under week six, do you think this he will is, be this a is what I was waiting for? This is yep. what I was waiting for. If, if he remains healthy, I'm going with the under under Me week too. six, he's, he's going to be in the starting defense for sure. You heard it here first folks. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to that very much. So, uh, well, when we come back, we're going to delve a lot more into hard knocks. Again, we're going to have Eric Williams uh, coming in with us, former ESPN columnist for the Chargers and now current Sports Illustrated uh, columnist for the Los Angeles Rams. So um, you won't want to miss it. He's going to have a fantastic uh, perspective as as far as his experience, not with not just the Chargers, but with now with the Rams as well and what he is seeing uh, in camp. So don't go away. We'll be right back with Eric Williams.
Well, we are. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Very pleased to welcome onto the show uh, Eric Williams, who covers the Los Angeles Rams for SI.com. Uh, Eric, it is a pleasure to welcome you on the show. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. It's good to see you, Jake. Dan, thanks for having me as well. Uh, it's a pleasure to be on. Good. Great. Um, so the first question we want to jump into, obviously, with hard knocks and everything like that getting started. Um, you know, Premier was on Tuesday. Now we're covering both the Chargers and the Rams, two teams that you have a very big familiarity with. Um, mm-hmm. What's the environment been since we're, everybody in the world is adjusting to, to COVID-19? But more specifically, we got an up-close glimpse of the players, the camps, the coaches. Even you as a media member, what's the environment been like since camp officially opened uh, as it relates to COVID just for everybody, you yourself included? Well, it's been like this, Jake. It's been a lot of Zoom calls because we don't have access to the facility. We're actually going to get first access to the Rams facility on Tuesday, and we'll get to see them on the field for the first time. So we've been having daily Zoom calls with either players or coaches from the Rams that they're providing for us. Um, I believe the Ram, uh, the Chargers are going to have an open media availability in terms of watching practice, I think, this Friday. Um, so those will be the first opportunities for us as reporters to be able to see the team. Um, obviously, this is very unique. Usually, as reporters, we're able to go to off-season work and kind of check in with guys and, and watch them, uh, which, which helps in the reporting, just to be able to see them physically, how they're moving, how they're using personnel and scheme. Um, a lot of times I'm able to talk to coaches when I, when I go to those things. You know, mainly I've been just talking to people on the phone. Um, so your access as a reporter is restricted a little bit, which, you know, does, you can't write with as much authority if you don't have that consistent communication with those people inside the organization. So, you know, it limits you as a reporter, but these are unique times, you know what I mean? Um, you just kind of have to, to deal, with, deal with it when, how it comes. Totally. And it's, it's really interesting. So Hard Knocks uh, premiered yesterday, which was uh, super fun. There was a ton of stuff going on. Or sorry, was it today or yesterday or was it earlier in the week? I don't remember. I lose count. COVID earlier in the week. Crazy. <laughs> but, uh, but so we got, to, we got a chance to see the first uh, glimpse of Tyrod Taylor and Justin Herbert for the 2020 season. Uh, how do you foresee the battle for that starting quarterback position between the two of them play out, not only as we start the season, but as the season plays out? Yeah, you know, it's an interesting question. Um, you know, it's, it kind of reminds me of what happened during the lockout in 2011. I was covering the Seahawks at the time. And I think organizations were really trying to get players that were familiar with this system and could kind of hit the ground running once they were able to start practicing. And so I just feel like Justin is kind of behind because he hasn't got those reps that you would normally get as a rookie quarterback during OTAs, even, you know, having a rookie minicamp that's a lot of snaps that he hasn't been able to get. And you can only do so many mental reps through these virtual Zoom sessions that they've been having. So along with that, Anthony Lynn loves Tyrod Taylor. You know, he's the one that brought him to, um, to L.A. from Buffalo. So I think Tyrod's going to get every opportunity to go out there and show that he is the guy, at least for this year. Um, and then they have a guy in Justin that 
when you look at his skill set and the physical things that he can do, um, you like the upside with Justin. You bring him on. You also bring along Justin slowly. There's no reason to throw him in there right now if you have a capable guy in, in Tyrod that can handle the offense. You know, last year when, when Phillip was struggling, you know, a lot of guys um, were saying, hey, give Tyrod an opportunity. Obviously, that wasn't going to happen. I don't think the organization wanted another Eli Manning situation with Phillip, and I think that was the right decision, letting Phillip kind of finish it off the right way. But in that locker room, a lot of guys believe in Tyrod and his ability to lead a team. Um, so they want to see, you know, what that looks like on a field on a week-to-week basis. Eric, one of the things that I was really impressed with, I thought the first episode of Hard Knocks conveyed was just how disciplined both Anthony Lynn and Sean McVay are being and as it relates to this whole COVID situation. Um, I thought it gave a good glimpse just as far as the disciplinary, disciplinarians that they both are yeah. um, and how their whole, how they've basically had to learn on the fly and adapt to this whole new situation as coaches. But you spent a lot of time around Anthony Lynn when you were with the Chargers. How is he perceived as, as a coach and a leader, not just amongst uh, the players, but amongst his other peers and coaches and just mainly around the league? Um, strong-willed. Um, no nonsense. You know, he's very blunt in, in talking to about players. He's not going to mince words. Um, respected. I think that's really the word that you kind of land on when you think about Anthony Lynn. I think he's respected because of the way that he carries his, his business. He's very consistent in how he deals with people. I don't think he plays favorites. Um, and then I think the fact that he played in the league was a guy that worked his way up, uh, played special teams, uh, won Super Bowls in Denver. Um, I think kind of lends to his credibility in the locker room. I think, you know, when he asks a player to do something, he's not asking a player to do something that he, he didn't do as a player. And so I think players understand that part of it. And I think he also understands that yet there's balance. You, you have to push players at certain times, but other times you have to kind of pull back a little bit and give them the rest that they need in order to recover so they can make it through a full season. Um, so definitely respect it. Um, you know, um, his leadership skills, I think, are unique and was one of the things that when you talked to Tom Telesco, attracted him to Anthony. And uh, a lot of pressure, though. You know, he still only has one year left on his deal after this year. Um, so there's some pressure to win this year, which, which there should be for, for all uh, guys that are coaching in the league. They should have that pressure to, to succeed. Now, you, you spent a lot of time with the Chargers in the past, and you know a lot of these players and their personalities. Uh, Joey Bosa, he's now the highest-paid defensive player in the NFL. Uh, we saw some of that raw emotion he had on hard knocks. Um, yeah. What was your reaction to Joey Bosa contract extension and his reaction and just kind of him as a player and how much he means to this team? I thought that was kind of cool that they got that because Joey is so stoic for the most time. It's hard to kind of see those sides of him unless you really get a chance to know him. He's very guarded in terms of letting people in, which is understandable for a player of his stature. So to see the emotion kind of lets you know what it meant for him to get that, that contract and that generational wealth that you're able to uh, uh, attain as a player of his caliber. thought it was a smart decision for the Chargers to, to sign him long-term because you kind of know what you're going to get with Joe. You know he's going to play. He's all about football. He's a leader in that locker room, even though he's not as outspoken as other people. Um, and he's a guy that you want in your organization if you're trying to win championships. You want players like Joey. And he kind of follows, you know, Tom Telesco's philosophy of draft, develop, retain. You know, keep your core players in line so you can make that push. Um, so I'm happy for Joey. Um, he's just a different guy. 
Um, you know, just being around him. He's got this real uh, wry wit about him. Like he'll make a joke and you, you might go over your head. And then as you're walking away, he's like, oh, he's making fun of me. And you don't even realize it. You kind of, you'll circle back later and like, oh, next day, yeah, I caught that joke. And you'll, you'll kind of smirk and laugh. Um, players like him too. You know, I'm, I, I have a good relationship with Isaac Rochelle and, and Isaac and Joey have a good relationship. And so um, I've been able to learn about Joey through talking to, to Isaac. Um, and, and Joey is just respected immensely in that, that locker room. That's great. Eric, with, this is a strange time for Chargers fans as far as just to look at this offense for the fact that it's the first time in 14 years that you're not going to have Phillip Rivers as your starting quarterback, essentially. Yeah. And you would automatically go to Tyrod Taylor that has to step up. He's in his final year of his contract. You have Justin Herbert behind him. But knowing who you have in the offense – and who obviously you've had experience in being around, who would you expect to step up as the vocal leader for that offense if it's not Tyrod Taylor from the get-go? Well, I definitely think it is going to be Tyrod. I think Tyrod has it in him to be more vocal, and that will happen now that he's the starting quarterback. He'll be one of the people that leads, and your quarterback has to lead. Uh, it doesn't work if he's not somewhat vocal. And I was concerned with, with – um, with Dustin, to be honest, you know, would, would he be an alpha guy in the NFL? Would he be a person that can tell Keenan Allen, hey, shut up, I'm going to call the play here. Calm down, you're going to get the ball. Um, so, yeah, Tyrod's going to be one of those guys. Uh, Keenan, I would, I would expect, is going to be one of those guys just because of his longevity in the offense and um, his production. Um, I think another guy to look for is Austin. I mean, Austin is another guy that, you know, they signed to a long-term deal, um, has similar traits in terms of leadership style, I think, to Joey is quiet, but we'll say things when they need to be said. One of the things I, I learned about Austin is he doesn't lack for confidence. Uh, I remember as an undrafted rookie, um, I asked to talk to him on one day, and he said, no, I'm not talking today. And I kind of looked at him like, like, who are you? You're Austin Eckler. Like, what do you mean you're not talking? Um, but that just kind of gave me uh, a window into uh, his belief of who he is as an individual and his talent. And I think you've seen that kind of bear out over the years. You know, they signed him to a long-term deal. And anytime Austin has had a chance to make plays, he's, he's made them. Um, so I think he's a guy that, that will kind of step up and, and fill that leadership void. Offensive line obviously counts. If, if he's healthy, he's going to be a guy that's going to lead that group uh, as, as the center. And I think maybe like somebody like Balaga that you bring in as a free agent, uh, you know, who uh, knows the system that the new offensive line coach is going to run might be a guy that steps into yeah, and, and unfortunately, the reality is the Chargers were 5-11 and 11 last year, and, and Tom Telesco definitely had his work cut out for him going into this season. And you look at the offseason, like so much has changed for the Chargers, both in terms of the draft, free agency, you know, Phillip Rivers is gone. How do you feel the Chargers did during the offseason in, in terms of filling the gaps from both a free agency and a draft perspective? Yeah, I think it was a typical Tom Telesco offseason. I mean, he doesn't to hit home runs through free agency he, he believes in having his core guys there and kind of filling spots as you need them in, in free agency and certainly he did that with some of the selections he made trading for Trey Turner bringing in Balaga uh, going out and getting Chris Harris which I think was a great pickup you know you take somebody away from your division well it's a good player that's kind of you know been uh, poking you a little bit the last couple of years now you get him in, on your team uh, Linville Joseph, they needed a nose tackle, obviously, with Bay not coming back. Uh, now they have a run stuffer inside that could also give them a little bit of pass rush. 
And then you look at the draft, they get potentially a quarterback of Fuser and Justin, uh, which I think they have to do because of where they were in the draft, and you're not sure if you're going to be up there again. Um, the guy that everybody's talking about is Kenneth Murray, uh, who they traded up to get. They love that kid. Um, they love his leadership. They love his playmaking ability. I think he's going to be their starter at will linebacker week one. And, and, and it's going to be a leader, even though he's a rookie, kind of like Derwin was when they drafted Derwin. Um, uh, the, the kid out of UCLA, he, he might get some snaps, uh, Joshua, you know. Um, I think beyond that, you know, you look at fifth-round picks, eh, you know, you kind of have to see if those guys can make the adjustment to the NFL first before you can kind of count on them in terms of being productive. Uh, but overall, you know, I, I like the additions they made, but I do think obviously left tackle, they have to figure that out. You know, Russell's not there. Uh, looks like it's going to be Sam Tevy, which, again, doesn't surprise me. I know, you know, Charger Twitter is not the, looking favorably on Sam. But inside the organization, they like him because of his athleticism, and, and they think he could be a, a guy that can protect on, on that side um, if he's given the opportunity. Um, so we'll see if that, that, that comes true. That's fantastic insight from Eric Williams. From one L.A. team to the other, uh, please follow Eric Williams on Twitter at Eric underscore D underscore Williams. Uh, formerly, formerly covering the Chargers, now covering the Los Angeles Rams for SI.com. And you can follow his great work at SI.com backslash NFL backslash Rams. Eric, thank you so much again for making the time to come on the show today. We really appreciate it. Sure. No problem. Thanks for having me. And if you guys need me in the future, reach out. Will do. Thank you so much, Eric. So, Dan, following that great interview with Eric Williams from, from SI.com, immediate takeaways. Obviously, he spent a lot of time with the Chargers. He's now with the Rams. But, obviously, he still has a good grip of what that locker room is like, what the perception is, uh, his, his talks about Anthony Lynn, the locker room in general, the rest of the players, the leadership. Quick takeaways, go. What, what did you take away from some of his comments? Quick takeaways. One, um, I'll go rapid fire. One, Anthony Lynn is a leader and a stud and everyone loves him. Two, Joey Bosa has a sense of humor and can crack jokes without even realizing you're making fun, he's making fun of you. Uh, three, uh, heard a lot more of Sam Tevy than I thought, but that's interesting to hear uh, if we end up seeing Tevy or Pipkins. Um, Tyron Taylor being a vocal leader. I mean, that's a big thing that a lot of people don't necessarily know and I haven't heard much about. Um, but all overall, I think seeing how much people have, are able to now get a glimpse of the Chargers in this hard knocks and the kind of the personalities that Eric Williams knows. Um, and also it's kind of funny hearing him talk about Austin Eckler and what he's able to bring to the team and his personality. So a lot of golden nuggets there. What about you? I think the, the leadership aspects was the biggest question for me because obviously you would expect that Tyrod is going to be the leader of this team with Phillip Rivers now gone, and he has to be considering that he's the quarterback. But other guys like Keenan, um, I don't think it should be any secret anymore, especially now after you've seen some of the tweets that have put out, been put out about Austin Eckler in the last – there was one earlier this week talking about just him talking to the undrafted guys and the rest of the running back – uh, class or you know locker room just coming from where he's come from and experiencing that and trying to get them prepared and keep them prepared for anything to happen um, I think what surprised me about that was is that you can tell how long Austin's had this mindset that that I didn't know about and it just shows you how much of a dog he was and how much he wanted it and now he's got it and now he, you know he earned every bit of the contract extension that he has he's now the starting running back for this team 
Um, so I think it's just a great testament to his attitude and his, and his desire to, to be the best that he can be. So I thought that, that was some great insight there from Eric. Um, the, the Joey Bosa stuff, I mean, for as limited as we have seen his personality, whether it's off hard knocks or on hard knocks, however you want to take it. But for the, the better part of four years, as Eric said, he's pretty stoic and you don't see a lot of emotion out of the guy. So it's nice to see and hear about some of those stories that, that we as outsiders would never hear about um, because the dude that does have a personality, maybe not everybody understands it. Maybe not everybody gets it, but uh, it's, it's nice to see that uh, that personality and those, some of those stories come out a little bit more. And then finally for me, Anthony Lynn, um, like I said earlier in the show, that was one of my biggest takeaways from the first episode of hard knocks. And, you know, you, you've, you've kind of seen it, through the last couple of years of him being a coach, um, whether it's been in interviews and press conferences and whatnot, uh, but, you know, disciplined, accountable, how he's conducting himself, how he's adapting to everything that's happening in training camp right now. Um, I thought that was just some great high praise from Eric as far as how Anthony is perceived around the league. And not only that, but just as his, to his players as well. He just, you have, the Chargers have a head coach that the players believe in now. And, um, and I think that they've believed in him for some time. And you go back to the North Turner days and the Mike McCoy days, and there was always those rumblings of, you know, were the players really with their coach? Did the coach have a good grip on the locker room? And I honestly believe that at this juncture right now, you could say that that relationship may be closer than the Chargers have had between player and coach in years. Yeah, and it's really interesting. And you think about Anthony as a leader. You know, one of the things I always go back to is first year as the head coach, starting off 0 4. And I mean, that is do or die time for anyone, let alone a first year coach. And for him to kind of pull that team out of the, the grave, so to speak, speaks volumes. Then you kind of fast forward and you hear a lot. I think of the interview I saw recently with um, Tom Plesko and why he actually drafted Justin Herbert. And one of the reasons, one of the many reasons they love him. And one of them was, how he was able to take the Oregon team with very few wins when he first got there and brought them to Rose Bowl victories by the end. So I think there's a lot of parallels with kind of the leadership qualities and kind of staying true to form and sticking through the tough times. And I think Anthony Lynn is that guy and the team is absolutely bought in. And I think the respect that he gets around the league is well-deserved, well-deserved. And it's just, it's good to hear Eric Williams kind of reiterate a lot of that. And, you know, I'm sure he knows him personally more than obviously we do, but it's, it's not a surprise to me, but I think there's a lot of fans out there that have questioned Anthony Lynn's leadership and football IQ, and I just don't get it. I don't get mm-hmm. it. No, I, I'm with you there. I'm with you there. And, it's, and, and I get it. You know, as Eric said, he's still under pressure. You know, he's, he's under the – last year as, as, you know, as the Chargers head coach as it is right now. Um, and there are a lot of expectations that he is going to have to be put on his shoulders, even amongst everything that's happening. You know, if you if you think that anybody's letting him off the hook easily, given the circumstances of what the NFL is going through right now, you know, you can think again about that. Yeah, you, uh, you know, and you know, Chargers Twitter isn't going to let him off the hook. No, no, <laughs> we we've already seen what that looks like. So, um, you know, and and you're you have to contend now with the Super Bowl champs in your division. So this is this by no means as much as I like to talk about. Anthony Lynn as, as, as how he conducts himself as a coach and how much I enjoy seeing these things about him. Um, you know, unfortunately, I don't think that that takes him away from 
the expectations that are put on his shoulder because they are sky high right now with the talent that is currently on this team. And there's, there's big shoes to fill and, and um, you know, an alpha to go after in the division that you have to contend with. So COVID or not pandemic or not, Anthony Lynn is not off the hook by any means on this. So it'll be interesting to see how this, this season plays out. But once again, great, in, great Intel from Eric, um, on everything that's that's currently going on right now in Chargers land, even though he is not with the Chargers anymore, he's with the Rams. Uh, again, go follow him on si.com. He is covering the Rams uh, for his first year there. Great stuff from Eric. Um, so where does that leave us? So the, the first Mark II episode is now in the books. Fantastic. Uh, very happy to be back. Very happy to kick it off with a bang the way that we did on this show. So now that we are finally getting into the midst, we got – players putting helmets back on this week. So I think the, uh, the hard knocks, if you will, may start, may start coming into play that we're seeing here on the show the next couple of weeks. But uh, I've teased this for the last several weeks that now that we don't have preseason and now that we're waiting for September for the regular season to officially kick off the NFL calendar year, we need to start talking about some training camp battles. Uh, and we need to go in-depth on that because there are several that we need to keep an eye on. Uh, as this as this training camp proceeds forward over this next month. So um, we're going to have great stuff covering that. I know that uh, Dan and myself, um, we're going to be having another guest on here in the next couple of weeks, so that'll be great for the show. But other than that, just great content overall that Dan and I are dedicated to bringing all Chargers fans at this point right now and in the future. Um, so we can't wait to do it. Dan, first show in the books under the new Mark II banner. Virtual fifth bump or elbow bump, depending on who you're talking to. Um, yeah. it's, uh, it's been a pleasure. Uh, I can't wait for this new chapter. Uh, it's only the beginning. And again, like you said, we're here from the Chargers fans. We're here to bring you guys refreshing, insightful things you might not be hearing about. Um, we're just two guys that are enjoying what we do and enjoying talking football. Uh, but hopefully you learn a few things from us. Um, but, I mean, honestly, this is fun. This is what we do uh, to take some time out of the craziness of our lives. So, uh yeah, excited to be on the airwaves, everyone, again, and uh, can't wait for the next episode. It's going to be good. Definitely, definitely. So what are we expecting the, uh, the next episode to be on? Not next week, unfortunately, but, uh, but the week after is yes. when we expect it to be back. So uh, can't wait to be back again. Fantastic uh, talking with Dan and talking with all Chargers fans. Uh, please go on. And as I've said many times, we're just two guys that love talking football honestly. And we love interacting with, with fans of whatever fan base that you happen to be. Uh, myself, at Jake T. Hefner, that is my Twitter handle. Of course, Dan Wolkenstein, at Chargers Homer. Uh, please follow our new handle, at Chargers, uh, at, at Chargers Brawl. And of course, the Brawl Network as well, as, um, as they have been fantastic in supporting us. And we couldn't be happier to still be with them at this juncture right now. So we're going to sign off for now, but we will see you back here in the next couple of weeks. And until then, take care, you guys.